0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you get your Bible, if you have one with you, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And we're going to talk about what I believe the Lord's speaking for us as a church and for you as an individual in this coming year. At least some things, not everything, but some things that He is saying. And I want to share it with you. And we're going to begin by reading a scripture here in Corinthians. And then, unless the Lord directs different, I'm going to give opportunity to lay hands on people for fresh anointing for the new year. And we're going to receive an impartation. The Apostle Paul talked about impartations in Romans chapter 1. And they come by laying on the hands. They come different ways. But you don't want to miss impartations. I have received many, many impartations. That's why, uh, you know, I'm where I'm at is because impartations, praise God. And so thank God for that. So we're going to have an opportunity for impartation today. All right, you found 1 Corinthians. Father, anoint us today. Help me to speak what you have for us this day, this hour, right now, the now word. And we thank you for it. We thank you for the anointing to speak and the anointing to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians 16... Go with me. I'm just going to read this one verse. The Apostle Paul said, For a, a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Or, you, you know, the King James says effectual. That means powerful. So Paul said, There's a great and powerful door opened up to me. Verse 9. Did I not say 9. Colleague, Shazam! <laughs> verse nine. Let's do-do-do-do-do. back the tape up. How many verses are in 1 Corinthians six? Twenty-four verses. Okay, so verse nine. Go there for a great door. Now, are we all got it now? Yeah, yeah. Are y'all happy now? Yeah. All, right. all right, great. <laughs> a great door. And effectual or powerful is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. So Paul said, there, he said, I have a, a, a great door and a, a powerful door opened up to me. Yeah. It, 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 has anybody ever uh, locked themselves out of their car? Have yeah. they ever locked themselves out of their house? How yeah. yeah. I many you know locked doors aren't good, right? Yeah. Especially if you want on the other side of it, right? You know, I mean, I've locked myself. We had a brand new house and locked ourselves. We hadn't even moved in yet locked herself out of it, you know. Now, you know, pastor knows a few little tricks about getting indoors, And so normally, if it's not too difficult, I can get your door open for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm not revealing how I do that. Uh, this is being live streamed. But there are tricks to it, to get doors open. I know one time Jeremy and and uh, Jordan, they might, she might not remember this, but uh jeremy and michelle right uh there we go i'm not old i'm not old (laughs) my mom calls me three names before she gets it right all right she's done that for years though Uh, jeremy and michelle locked themselves out of their apartment he was going to go get the manager said oh don't worry about it i went over there in like less than 35 seconds had his door open and uh, he's like man i don't know about this (laughs) but i haven't always been a pastor all right. And so, but great, a great door. Paul said a great door. I mean, that's a, that's a big door. Yeah. And, and powerful, a powerful door. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that what, what we're going on this year as a church is we're going that 2024 is a year of open doors. Amen. A year of open doors. Anybody need some doors open? Yes. I mean, in the spirit? Yes. Right? Well, God's got some doors He's going to open up, up for us. You know, and when, you know, when God opens up a door, praise God, I mean, that's good. You get into another room. many I mean, the Bible talks about Paul, Jesus said to Peter, He said, I'm going to give unto you the keys of the kingdom. He didn't say key, He said keys. You know, you go to a hotel, I know mean, you, you, you could have the keys of the lobby, but that doesn't get you in all the rooms. You know what I'm saying? they got individual, well, now they've got cars, but used to, years ago, they had a key. I mean, you actually had a physical key, and that fit door 12, door 17, door 18, whatever, and that's the door you could get in. But God has given us the keys to the kingdom to get in all, keys, keys to the, kingdom to get in all the doors he has for us. And there's some doors God's going to open for us this year. I'm talking, about, I'm, not, I'm talking about us as a church, but I'm, but I'm also talking about you as an individual, that God's got some doors he wants open for you. And so we're just going to talk about that a little bit today, about these open doors and how, you know, God's got some things for us. Hallelujah. And, you know I, know, I know that God is unlimited. How many know that? And Paul said it's a great, it's effectual door. It's a powerful door. Hallelujah. And so I was talking to Pastor Jerry about this. I gave him a call because we had talked about this scripture a little bit uh, one, one service, after a service one night. This, this scripture in First Corinthians sixteen nine, and And Paul said, he said, a great, a great and a powerful door is open unto me and there are uh, many adversaries. So sometimes there's adversaries, right? The pastor Jerry said, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, don't focus on the adversaries, focus on the open door. Amen. Right? People want to talk about, well, what's in the way? Hey, what's in the way? That's, that's what the children of Israel did. They talked about what was in the way, right, right, right. didn't they? Yep. They talked about what was in the way and they didn't get into what God had for them. But some of them talked about the open door. I mean, Caleb and Joshua said, let's go at once. We are well able to overcome and possess this land. So they talked about something different than the rest of the people talked about. And you got to know, if you're going to walk by faith, you're going to talk different than the rest of the people talk. You might as well get used to that. And, you know, your relatives aren't going to understand you. Your friends aren't going to understand you. Uh, you know, a lot of, most Christians aren't going to understand you because most Christians talk unbelief all the time. But God's given us victory, Hallelujah! And God actually called it when they when they said we can't go into the land. God called it an evil report, evil report. Now, how many know an evil report is any report that's opposite of what God has already reported? Right? Right? How many know God is not fake news? Is that right? right? You know, we get a lot of fake news today. You know, we used to, when I was a kid, it was a big thing to say, uh, it was on TV. I mean, that gave it some legitimacy. But like now today, it's like if you say it was on TV, it's like, I don't believe it. Now, right? For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there used to be people that used to advertise advertise products as seen on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, some people think that the Internet gives it legitimacy. Well, I found it on the Internet. Wow. Aren't you deep? Well, Pastor, I know you said this, but the Internet said, Oh, yeah, right. Now we're believing the Internet over our Bible. Aren't we deep Christians? I'm talking about those that aren't here today, the ones that slip in today. It's New Year's Eve day. I'm not going to church day. know, God knows our lives intimately, doesn't He? It's, it's, you know, there's a scripture, it talks about what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him. And when you look at that, what it really means is, is what is man that you look into his affairs? Our everyday lives, right? Did you know, now some translations get this verse wrong. Uh, the Bible talks about that God, that there's not a sparrow falls apart from your father. Now, some translations add a little bit into that. They shouldn't add in there. They'll say, apart from your Father's will. No, it's not God's will that anything die. God doesn't want... You know, God didn't create things to live so they die. That's the curse, right? He doesn't want your goldfish to die. Right? He doesn't want Stark's frogs to die. I look at them and sometimes I have different thoughts about it. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? But that's not God's thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so you have to understand that God cares about every area of our life. He doesn't just care about the big things. Because people say, "Well, I believe God is just too big. He's just too busy with mankind and salvation to care about your house." Really, you think you don't? Here's the problem: you don't think God's too big. You think God's too small. That's really the problem. You think God's too, too, too small to care about big things and small things. Brother, the Bible says, this isn't my favorite scripture, he knows the number of hairs on your head. I'm thinking, God, I can get that one. I don't even need your help. I can figure that out. Come on, some of you guys help me out that are follically challenged. How many know... That 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 that's not an impressive scripture for me personally. I mean, you know, I like a lot of scripture, but that was like a, I got this God. I'll take this for myself. But really the truth is even yet it, what you, you it looks like, you know, you don't have any hair, but there's more here than I could probably count honestly, really it's still left, you know. It just used there used to be a higher number. But I want you to know, God God wants to open doors for you. And he wants he wants good doors open for you. People get the idea that, you know, God just wants me to suffer. You know, He just wants me to suffer for His name. You ever heard that suffering doctrine? I'm suffering for Jesus and all that. How I many you know Christ already suffered for us? Now, there are some things we do suffer, but we don't suffer what some Christians think we suffer. We don't suffer doing without. We don't suffer lack. We don't suffer sickness, disease, tragedies. We don't do that for the Lord's sake. Jesus Christ bore our sins at the cross. He bore our sicknesses at Calvary. Amen? He bore this tragedy. He bore the curse. He bore all of that. But we will suffer uh, persecution. Pastor Chuck talked about it this morning during offering. You know, if you want to get blessed, there's going to be people that's not going to like it. Right? And we said this, you know, and some of you, some of you uh, when I said, who's the most hated person in America? Some of you almost got it. You said Donald Trump. He's number two. Jesus Christ is number one, because people don't like what Jesus Christ stands for. If you stand for what Jesus stands for, if you stand for what the Word of God stands for, you will get persecuted. And that's why so many preachers, pastors, and believers are backing off the truth and saying, well, we just don't know. Yeah, we do know. We know what the Bible says, right? Come on. Let's don't let's don't go there. Let's 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 stand for the truth. What if every Christian, every believer in America, stood for the entirety of the Word of God this week? What would happen? Amen. We'd have some radical change. Amen. Because Jesus said, "If you're not salty, the, what'll happen to you is you'll be t- you'll be thrown out and trampled of men." But you're a salty church. The world's not walking on you because greater is he. Hallelujah. I said greater is he. Come on. We got a greater one inside of us. I like to think of it this way. The pressure inside of us is greater than the pressure on the outside. You know, it's football season. I like to watch football, you know, and all that ball gets loose and all those big guys jump on that ball, you know, little bitty ball, you know, you get like two or three 300 pound guys and couple hundred pound guys and you know what I'm saying 200 some pound guy how I many all. most of them are big and, and that ball gets loose they might be like 10 15 people, guys on that ball maybe more than that and uh, they're all on it and that ball does not bust you know why because the pressure inside of it's greater than the pressure on the outside and you and I shouldn't bust in this society today right. because the pressure in us is greater than the pressure on the outside because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's good to know. We shouldn't be hiding. We shouldn't be afraid. Somebody's gonna find out what we believe. No, oh, man. Truth, truth always outlives a lie. Amen. Now, I want you to go to the to the book of uh, Acts, chapter 16. We're just talking about this morning this 2024, a year of open doors. Is anybody excited about that? 2024, a year of open doors. We've all got doors that need to be open, And God's going to open some doors. <clears throat> and every door God opens is good. You know, sometimes when company comes over, you close some of the doors because you don't want them to see the tobu va vohu in your room. You say, what's that? Void and without form. You know, Genesis says the earth was void without form. It's tohu, the Hebrews tohu bavohu. So sometimes we have rooms that have tohu bavohu in it. Tell that to your you know your company, they'll never know what's going on. Now there's Tohu Bavohu in that room, so you can't see. Oh, okay, all right. But look with me, Acts chapter 16, go with me to verse 23. And this is Paul and Silas, and it says this, it says, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, not a few, but many, they cast them into prison. know I mean, They haven't done anything wrong but, but get a, a young lady delivered from a demon. That's it. They've helped people. And uh, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. In other words, they made sure this jailer knew they better be kept. They better not get loose. Because these are tongue-talking Christians, and they're the most dangerous feared people on the planet. They were in that day, weren't they? Didn't they say those who turned the world upside down have come here? Did you know that we are back to that where spirit-filled, tongue-talking, word-of-faith-believing believers are the most dangerous? The world thinks we're the most dangerous people on the planet. You know what the truth of that is? We are. We are to the devil. Amen. And to his kingdom. We're the most dangerous people out there. And he knows it. And verse 24 says, who having received such a charge, he thrust them into the inner prison. See, they went by, they went by the weight room, the sauna room, the swimming pool, the cable TV. They are in the inner prison. Now let me just translate that for you a little bit man that means they went they went as they took them as far away from the doors and windows as they could possibly get them these are dangerous people we don't want to have any opportunity that they escape this is the way they're treating them and they made their feet fast in stocks it wasn't enough that they were in the inner inner prison in the center of the prison they they put their feet in stocks and suddenly well verse 25 and at midnight Paul and Silas They whined and complained. Come on, how many think that maybe if all you've done is good stuff, you know, and your back's beaten and you're thrown into prison, come on, are you with me now? I mean, Franklin Graham said this uh, to Sean Hannity one time. I, I remember exactly how he said it, but I'll give you the gist of what he said. You know, Uh, Sean was talking about preachers and stuff being persecuted, you know. And and Franklin Graham said, you know what? In their day, they beat their backs, threw them in prison, and they praised God. Today, if they talk bad on you on social media, preachers have a breakdown. Some of these things these preachers are whining about, this isn't true persecution yet. Oh, it's, yeah, in a measure. Yeah, so they talk bad about you on faith. They didn't like me. Wow, Jesus said, if they all like you, you got a problem, right? He said, if the world liked you, it didn't like me; it hated me. Come on, we got too much of the church trying to be liked by the world. And if they do like you, something wrong with you, because you know darkness men hate men hated light because their their deeds were evil. Paul and Silas, listen to what they did. They prayed. This is at midnight. This is with backs bleeding. This is in the inner prison. And saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So guess what? They weren't quiet about it. They were loud about it. Hallelujah. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. There was a great earthquake. Not just a small one, a great one. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. I like to say it this way foundations were shaken, doors were opened, bands were loosed. But what they did, they prayed and sang praises unto God. Hallelujah. See, if we lose our praise in the midst of what's going on, we're going to lose these open doors. We got to have prayer. We got to have praise. Amen. It's the key to open doors. I like it. All the doors were opened. How I mean, when all the doors open? Everyone's bands were loosed. And all the foundations of the prison were shaken. That means liberty. Praise God. Somebody help me preach. I'm telling you, we have got to learn that we can't, you know. We can't murmur and complain about what's going on. We need to to pray and sing sing praises unto God. Glory be to God. And you know, some people can't even sing praises in the house of the Lord. How are you going to sing them out there in prison? Are you prophesying I'm going to prison? Well, no, not necessarily. But I'm just simply saying, you know what, prison to us might be, you know, that attack. Right? Things aren't going well. We've got to learn to sing praise right in the middle of it. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I've seen God deliver people just praising Him. Hallelujah. I've seen when, you know, I, I, my mind always goes back to this one service. We, we had been praying for these people. People that came to church, they had family members that weren't saved. And I pray for my family members. You know, of course, we're glad to do that. But I remember one time we had a, we had a service. It was a Sunday morning. And um, power, God came in, and I mean, it got so powerful that, you know, it, it just, uh, y- you knew God had taken over, but we were just <laughs> praising the Lord, hallelujah. I said, we were praising the Lord, and while we were praising the Lord, they were five, pe- people that had come, were coming to church, there were five of, their, five of their loved ones, unsaved loved ones were in that service. They came that morning. God had orchestrated, and I watched God do this. Nobody gave an altar call. The, you know, we're just singing praise and worship. Nobody's, t- nobody's talking to them. We're just worshiping God. But for some reason, everybody decided to show up and worship God at the same time. And it's amazing what happens when everybody in the house decides to praise God. There's some power happens. And so that happened that morning. And I watched all five of those, one, one by one, get up. And nobody told them to do this. Nobody asked them. Nobody exhorted them. They got up out of their seats, came to the altar, and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And I'm sitting on the front row, of course, and I'm thinking, my first thought was, I, I, I need to go up there and do something. And then, then, then I had a God thought, you didn't start this, don't get in it. I just left it alone. But they all gave their life to Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced because instead of, instead of complaining, we were praising Hallelujah. Praise causes you to have victory. Amen. You know, we all know the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 when Jehoshaphat and Judah were faced with great armies and they sent the praisers out front. They They sent the singers out front and they praised the Lord. And the Bible says... That, they, that the enemy armies turned on one another, destroyed one another. And they, when they came to the watchtower, the Bible says that they saw them all dead. And the Bible says they went to get the spoil, you know, because these were raiding, invading, marauding uh, armies. They were just going around, and what they were doing was killing uh, neighboring nations and taking all their goods. That's what they were doing. So these, these guys were loaded. I mean, they were rich. And the Bible says when Israel and Judah came upon them, they saw them all dead, and there was so much. Come on now, you gotta listen to this. Because if you if you if you miss this, you can miss an open door. You don't want to miss an open door. You gotta learn to praise God even in the hard times. That's when it counts the most. And they praised God, and they, and they when they came upon these armies that were dead, the Bible said there was so much spoil, they were three days in gathering at all. They had to. Can you imagine that working for three days to pick up all the goods? How would you like that? How would how would you like to see so much money laying out in your backyard take you three days to pick it all up? Will anybody go for that? Hallelujah. I don't know about you. That'd be very exciting to me. Amen. So let, let's, let's look at some other things this morning. I want you to go with me to uh go with me to Isaiah, because there's some things that we have to adjust, we have to make sure we have our thinking right. Isaiah chapter 43. You know, a lot of, lot of things that happen in our life, it's not just all God, it's not all us, it's us working together. You know, us working with God. You know. We, know, we all know about the doctrine of sovereignty that's preached, and I believe God is sovereign. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I don't believe it to the point. Let me, I don't know how, let me say it right. I don't, I don't believe in the extreme sovereignty like some people do that God is controlling everything that's going on in the earth because if he was, we'd be in a lot better condition than we are. And, you, and he gave us free wills, you know. And I've heard people say, well, you know, the psalmist says God sits in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. That's exactly right. And he's already done what he pleased. He gave us authority yeah. to make decisions for our own life. So, right. you know, it, it's up to us. Jesus said, he the, well, if, God, if God was sovereign, why would there be any conditions in the word? Jesus said, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, if I don't have any control over that, how much, I, how much God moves in my life, then why would it say that? But see, if I'm hungry, right? You know, I have control over things because God's, gi- God's given me authority. Amen? And I can determine, you can determine whether we're going to receive what God has for us or not. So let's look at this in Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 18. Isaiah said, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things... Of old, how many know? Sometimes you got to forget the past, right? right? You know the past failure, what didn't go right. And, well, I know, the Pastor said, but you know, all of our life we've never had anything. Well, maybe it maybe because you're thinking wrong. See, you got to change your thinking. You got to How many know? You got to start thinking bigger. I mean, the world tries to change your thinking, right? Be not conformed to this world. How many know? The world's always trying to change your thinking. Trying to get you to think like them, right? You know, trying to tell you what car to buy. Trying to tell you, you know, how to think, you know, what clothes to wear, right? See, one good thing about getting older is fashion doesn't mean as much for you as it, as it used to when you was young. Comfort means more now. Amen? Amen? See, uh... I learned this, you know, because you know, today it's real popular to have uh, the slim fit look. All, you know, like men's, men's stores, they carry all, all kinds of slim fit suits. And I just tell them, I don't wear slim fit suits. I want to be able to get me in here and my wife. I want to be able to get two people in here because I'm going to eat after a while. You know what I'm talking about? And I want to have some, I want to still be able to breathe. Come on, are you all with me? You know, I don't know why we went there. Pastor Jerry, why did we go there? I don't know. But anyway, I'm not sure either. But anyway, how many know we got to forget the former things, right? Right. And the, the failures of the past, right? This, this didn't come to pass or that didn't come to pass or I've never had this or I've never had that. We got to renew our thing. I was talking about the, the world trying to renew your thinking is what I was talking about. And, and, and they do in dress and everything else. That's how I got off on that. Because they try tried, they tried to tell you how to think, you know. They tried to get everybody afraid of COVID, right? Tried to run our lives with COVID, you know, tell us how, how much we got to get vaccinated. Nobody tells me what I'm going to put in my body. Not the world. For sure I'm not trusting the world. So, no, no. I'm going I'm to pray about it. How about you? I'm going to believe God, right? I'm going to let the Word of God tell me. I'm going to let the Spirit of God tell me. Amen? Right? I'm, I'm going to listen to him. Amen. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not saying everything they said was wrong. I'm just saying most of it was. All right. Praise God. Help me out, somebody. You know what I mean? You know, don't do this and don't do that. And you know what I'm saying? Don't eat this and don't eat that. You know what I mean? You know, what I mean? You know and sometimes Christians, get, they get in bondage with that. You know, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare eat ice cream. Well, don't. But I'll eat it every now and then, and I'm planning on living a ripe old age. Hallelujah! I read in Nehemiah: eat the fat, and drink the sweet. All right, we're moving right along. Praise the Lord! Somebody didn't know that was a scripture. Nehemiah 10. But you know what I'm saying? How I many know everything has to be in balance, right? Yeah. I think that's the main thing. Is if you just listen to the Word of God, the Word of God says, do it all in moderation. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Because we've talked about people that, I've, you know, one guy told me he drank 18 soft drinks a day. I thought, man, that, that's a recipe for trouble. Right? One guy said he drank 27 cups of coffee a day. How many mean, that's a recipe for problems. I'm not saying coffee's bad. I'm not saying you can never have a soft drink, but you can't have that many. Isn't that right? You know what I'm saying? Because, see, I why so I put bands on certain things. You guys used to bring me stuff, and I put a band on it. I put a motorium on it. No more. No more Oreos. Because, you know, one or two, three Oreos every now and then is not bad for you. But when you eat the whole pew, all the little church guys get eaten. It's like, this is not, this is, you don't need these in your house. Amen. And then then peanut brittle, you know, I put kind of a, not a total moratorium on peanut brittle, (laughs) but a partial one on it, you know, because after a while I realized, man, I can't, i got to do something about this. And I remember the last batch, I thought, i just got to eat it all, get it out of here so it's gone. And that was a bright idea. But anyway, how many know, back to the Scripture, how many know you can't, you can't let the past define you? Because God can do a new thing. Right? Listen, so he said, verse 19, Behold, I do a, a new thing, and it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I like it. It just sprang forth on you. You just out of nowhere. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, what is that saying? I will make a a way or a road in the wilderness. See, wilderness number doesn't have a road. And the desert doesn't have rivers. Or it wouldn't be a desert. Right? So what is God saying? I will do the miraculous. See? See, if you'll forget the former things, last year, how it didn't go well, if you'll forget all of that, all of this that didn't come to pass, and realize I can do a new thing, I will do the miraculous in your life. I'll give you miracles. Remember, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, right? And reaching forth to those things which are ahead. How many know he said, I press. Right? See, what God, remember when Israel came out of Egypt, the Bible says that. They, uh, they were coming out and then they, they came to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army's coming after them. That looks bad, doesn't it? And, you know, the children of Israel crying to Moses, why'd you bring us out here just so they could kill us out here? That, you know, and Mo- Moses cries unto the Lord and the Lord said, why are you crying unto me? He said, go forward. Well, there's the Red Sea. What do you mean go forward? How I mean, God expects us to believe him for the supernatural. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. He doesn't expect us to approach this like the world, like, well, there's no route. That's just to see what are we going to do, all swim across? No, God expects, expects us to expect him. And when he told Moses, he said, stretch forth your hand and, and, and part to sea." In other words, if you go forward, I'll do miracles. Yeah. But you got to go forward. If you sit there and wait for the miracle, listen, You're not gonna it's not gonna happen. You gotta go forward. You gotta you gotta you gotta keep pressing on, right? See Paul said, if you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Quit just seeking natural things all the time. And seek things that are above. God God doesn't mind you having natural things, but He doesn't want you to seek those. He doesn't want those to have priority in your life. He wants his kingdom to have priority in your life. Where what he's doing, that means more to you than anything else. Well, I, you know, if I, if I could just get a new house, I know I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't be happy. I've told you. By the time you get something new, something better comes out, doesn't it? You know, uh, that new vehicle, you know, oh, man, so excited. Well, I'm glad you got a new vehicle. I'm excited with you. But guess what? After a while, it's not going to be new any longer. Hey Amen. You know, like right now, you won't take it down a rock road. Wait four years and you won't wash it in four months. Okay, some of you won't. What happened here? Well, it lost its pizzazz, didn't it? How many of you know God never loses his pizzazz? The kings of the kingdom, they never lose their excitement. I'm still excited about the word as I was when I was 21 years old. And I'm a little bit past that right now. I'm already in my 30s. Well, okay, 40s. Sorry spiritually. Well, have me understand what I'm talking about. See, you got to forget the things that are behind. You got you got to press forward, amen. Let's look at are you getting anything today? Let's just look at a few more things before we we close down today. Let's let's look at uh I tell you what, let's go to Psalm uh chapter 78. Let's go there. Psalm 78. I'm just talking about open doors. I don't know what it is that you or believing God for, but this is the year of open doors. Some things will be spiritual. Some things will be natural. You know, God wants to bless you with natural things. He does. Hallelujah. Well, how much is too much? I don't know. I haven't found out yet. I'll let you know. I know this. With God, uh, the Bible says that, uh, talking about Abraham, his, his friend god's friend he said he was very rich in cattle silver and gold how much is very i don't know more than i got how about you right amen so i don't know but i you know i i expect blessings from heaven you know in the natural blessings from heaven spiritually i'm more concerned about the spiritual ones but i'll take the natural ones how about you because that's part of our father's blessing hallelujah you know, if I, I mean, I, I pulled in here in a GMC pickup because I like pickups. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's my chariot of choice. And, uh, you know, I like that. But, you know, if I pull up here in, what's a real expensive car? Rolls Royce? That's an expensive car. What if I pulled up here in a Rolls Royce? Everybody freak out. You know what you ought to do? You ought to shout. I'm not preparing you for next Sunday. I've got one in the garage. I've never even been in one, you know? But I'm just making a point. If God blessed me with that, what's what everybody should shout, right? She said, Oh, look at Pastor. My gosh. What's he doing? Well, all your offerings put together probably wouldn't buy that car. Okay, so Right. You don't talk about love offerings. Sometimes there's more love and offering. Right? Well, God, God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. You know? and I'm not saying He's going to bless me with the world's roars. I don't even want one. But I'm just making a point, right? You know? We, we ought to rejoice with those that get blessed. Instead of, you know, you know being jealous or, or finding fault. What's well, quiet in this Presbyterian church? Praise God. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not really all that interested. I like natural blessings. I thank God. I don't chase them. I'm chasing God. Amen. I like spiritual blessings. I'll take the anointing more than a Rolls Royce. But I'm not so stupid to say, well, you can't have both. You believe for a Rolls No, I don't even want one. All right? Uh, this, is, this is really going to be big with all those who like to pick on you you know, make, you know, pros- no more of them prosperity preachers. Well, what, what's the other ter- alternative? Poverty preacher? <laughs> Give me a break. No, we believe, you know, I believe God's prosperity is this, that you have all sufficiency in all things, can abound to every good work. The world gets Rolls Royces, but God gives us all sufficiency. Hallelujah. Right? You know, I preached one time on the law of uh, replenishment. I never heard of that. Well, you know, it, you see it in the Bible where God just keeps replenishing what you have. You may Maybe you never had a whole lot, but it just never ran out. Well, you know, it's like I said, what would you rather have? You know, like a whole pantry full of Oreos that someday Pastor Jerry is going to come over to your house and eat half of them? <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you're going to eat them all, and they're all going to be gone? Or would you rather just have two Oreos that every time you took them down, you got two more back? See, that's a never-ending supply. God can do it both ways, can't He? Amen. Now, did you find Psalm 78? Look with me at verse 41. The Bible says, talking about Israel, says, Yea, they turned back, and they tempted God, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, how did they do that? Well, they, you know, they, uh, they, they did that. See, it says they, notice it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Did you know you can limit God? According to this verse, you can, right? I'm just reading you the Bible. They limited God. Now, obviously, God's got the power to run over if He wanted to, but He doesn't operate that way, Right? Amen. You know, like we we're, were talking about sovereignty. Well, eventually God's going to be in control of everything. You know, the Bible says, when during the millennial reign, Jesus will rule the world with a rod of iron. Yeah. You don't go to church, he'll beat you. You're not going to church Say, Oh, well, here I come. Wham, wham, wham. Well, that went over big. Praise the Lord. Why, why are you excited? You're at church. All right. Some of you lack humor. Now, now, notice this. How did they limit? They limited him by their small thinking. See, the Bible. remember, uh, they had what we call grasshopper mentality. When they saw the promised land, they came back, gave the report, said, we're grasshoppers. Compared to those people, we're grasshoppers. Now, was that God's vision of them? God's vision of them is that they, they, the land was theirs. All they had to do is just go in and take it. Yep. But they had what we call grasshopper mentality, just limited mentality. We've got to change our thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, right, so is he. See, our, in other words, our thoughts set our boundaries. We've we got to start thinking bigger. Here's one thing we gotta we gotta we gotta consider. Listen, I've seen this with Christians. They're 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 losing their edge in believing God. We have to factor in the anointing. The anointing's on our side. There's an anointing factor. We're not we're not I'm not saying this arrogantly, I'm just saying we've been blessed with something the world doesn't have. It's called the anointing. How many know the anointing does what? It destroys yokes. It breaks bondages, right? Right? It's a destroyer of yokes. So we got to factor in. There's something in my life that's not in everybody's life. It's called the anointing. And factor in the anointing. I'm not like everybody else. Just because the world says we're going to go broke, I'm not going broke. Just because the world says we're going to have this or we're going to have that, I'm not going there because Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. Hallelujah. And so, this is a year coming up, we've got to expect open doors. Expect the anointing to put you over. You know, I don't know how God does it, but you know what? He can change things overnight. There, there, there's a scripture in the Old Testament where Samaria was besieged by the, by, uh, the enemy army. And inside Samaria, they were starving. They, 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 were, they were starving to death because no supplies could get in. They couldn't get out, nothing could get in because the army had them all the way surrounded. The prophet uh, Elisha lives in Samaria. That's where he lives at. And so they, they were so bad that the, the menu was dove, dung, and donkey head. Now, I like small menus because big menus overwhelm me you know i've been there for 15 minutes and i've got it narrowed down to five things and so i like small menus that way i can't get overwhelmed but i don't want a menu of dove dung and donkey head how about you right i mean could you imagine you went to a restaurant we got two things dove dung donkey head those of you love fiber we'll take the dove dung those of us love meat take the donkey head i'll take the donkey head there's some meat on the donkey head So you see what I'm saying? It's that bad. And yet the man of God says, now listen to what he says. He says, about this time tomorrow, there'll be an abundance in Samaria. And it'll be so abundant, it'll be cheaper than it normally is. Isn't that a wild prophecy? (laughs) I mean, these people are starving. And the prophet stands up and says, tomorrow, you'll be able to buy barley and wheat cheaper than what you normally bought, paid for it. I mean, right now, they'd give their whole life savings for it he says out tomorrow it'll be cheap and man of, the, the one of the one of the heads of state one of the men that the king leaned on he said if God would open the windows of heaven this couldn't happen and, and the prophet said well you you'll see it but you won't partake of it and guess what it happened the next day they had abundance why because of the anointing right so you may be sitting in a small place and you think, I don't see any way. You've got to quit looking at it through your, vi- your small vision and look at it through the anointing factor, Amen. that tomorrow the anointing could cause everything to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I could tell you story after story about how that has happened, but we need to stop. But God's going to, I want you to look at one last scripture. If you give me grace for one more scripture, this is it. Psalm 40, you're in Psalm, back up to 40. Because God is going to do some things this year for those of us that will get on board. I'm going to be hooked up. Glory be to God. Psalm 40. I'm believing God for doors and doors abundantly effectual doors, powerful doors, great doors to open for all of us. Psalm 40, you found that? Look with me at verse 1. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit. Anybody ever been there? Out of the miry clay. How I many know what the miry clay is? You're stuck. Anybody ever... I'm, you know, I've told you when I was a kid, we had in our uh, areas, we had strip pits all around us. And they were like, I don't know what you really call them, but there were just areas, would be huge areas, you know, you know, uh, kind of like a circle or oval of just clay, just sticky clay that like it never dried out. Like I would call it a clay pit. I don't know if that's what you call it. But as kids it was we would try to see if we could get across that and you know what we never did man you get out there and you start sinking it's it's sinking one of my friends tried to ride his motorcycle across it he thought if i just go fast enough i can get my dirt bike across that so he's the same guy that caught his dirt bike on fire so anyway, that tells you what he was like. But anyway, he he rode he he took off and he got out in the middle of it, and he it, that was it, man. We had to get a rope and and pull. I remember him getting out, he got on top of the clay and he just started rolling cuz he couldn't walk, so he just started rolling and rolled his way out of it, you know. And uh he looked like a uh pig in a blanket time he got done. I mean, know what those are. And uh we had to hook a, a chain or rope or something on his motorcycle and pull it out with, with our bikes, you know, and uh, get get him out of there because that stuff would just stick to you. you'd you stick to it, you know. And that's what David said, man. He said I was in a horrible, I was in a horrible pit. I was in a miry clay. I was stuck. Has anybody ever felt like you're stuck? Amen. He says, but listen, God did something. Verse, verse 2 He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. Listen to this. And He put a new song in my heart. Yeah. He's doing something new in my life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Even praise to our God. How you many know you need to <laughs> praise God? Yeah. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. I love that yeah. verse. God's going to do a new thing, yeah. a new song. Yeah. Glory be to God. Yeah. But you've got to open your mouth. I said, you got to open your mouth. Right. Well, I just praise God quietly. Well, there's no scriptures for you. <laughs> oh, I know. It'll be still an all. I'm God. Yeah, we, you major on that one. But, you know, what about the one that says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord? And that word says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, that really, in the, in the Hebrew, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. you got to learn to shout about some things. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm just quiet by nature. Well, you know what? Um, you gotta, you got you to gotta quit going by your nature and go by the new nature, the new man. Sure, we're all different personalities, but don't let your personality lead you. Let the Word lead you. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this? I'm going to say Jill's coming up, but let me say this to you now. 2024 20, is a year of open doors. Hallelujah. Are you ready for it? I hope you are. I am. What's going to open up, Pastor? Well, everyone else is going to be different. You know, God's got things for you. He doesn't have for me. He's got things for me in my personal life. He's got things for me in the ministry. It's going to open up in 2024, and we're going to fulfill His will. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.